You know, I, I hope you guys are enjoying reading through the Bible. As we read through, it's funny, I was talking to Albert earlier this week, and he goes, Jeff, what are you going to preach on? He says, man, I've been reading this week. He goes, man, there's a lot of good stuff. And, and there's always a lot of good stuff, isn't there? And, uh, but when you get in the book of Acts, is, I had a pastor friend that used to tell me, he says, that, listen, he goes, Jeff, every day you should read some Psalms. And he says, you read Psalms because it's good for your heart. He said, then I want you to read some Acts every day. And he goes, read why? Because Acts you read every day because it's good for your feet. Because it's hard to not read Psalms and have your heart touched when you read as, as David pours out himself to you. And it's hard not to read Acts and not want to go out and do something for God. Do you think he might have had a reason for that? I think so, too. And, and so I was reading this week. I think it was reading for, I want to say it was Tuesday's reading. I kind of got stuck here, and that's usually a good thing. I kept on reading, and, and we read, we had, uh, there was, man, there's so many things I wanted to preach on. I started a couple different things, and I just kept on coming back to this one right here. Uh, last week when, when, when we, were, we were preaching, I preached on, I talked about Cornelius. And this was the first when Peter came to Cornelius and, and, and he came to him and, and, and we see the Holy Spirit get poured out upon Gentiles. I want you to know this has never happened before. This is like a first. And, and it was, that was really for the apostles to see that, listen, there's a bigger picture here. And as we read on, and we're going to start reading this week as we start reading, we start reading about Paul's first missionary journey. And he has several that he does. This is the very first one that he does. And, and so our reading this week is going to be out of Acts chapter 13 is what we're going to read at. So if you have your Bible with you, go ahead and go to Acts chapter 13. And we're going to, we're going to dive into this. I don't, I've, I've got a lot of stuff here and a short amount of time to do it. And we're just going to, and we're just going to dive into the Word of God this morning. And, and I hope that I step all over your heart, your feet, your body, your head, your mind. Because it didn't mean. And so if it usually steps on me, it means it's, hopefully it steps on you too, right? On it, And so as we're reading, I'm just going to go ahead and let me just pray and we're just going to dive right in. Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much that, that you love us so much that not only are you, that you sent people to speak it, Lord, but you wrote it down. You wrote it down so that we didn't add to it or take away from it, Lord. And I thank you for your word. I thank you for the love. I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for salvation. Lord, I pray that, that today you would talk to each one of our hearts as if we're all different pieces and parts in this great big picture that you have. And Lord, I pray that you just start fitting those pieces together this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, so I'm going to just go ahead and dive in. My, my passage of scripture I'm going to read into is, is I want to give you a little bit of a follow-up into it. I'm going to start diving into verse 42 is where I'm going to start reading at. But one of the things I want you guys to see is, is the, the term for it, the, the message is, is called, there's good news. Because there is good news, right? And, and so the follow-up onto this is, is Paul and Barnabas, and they, they're out there and, and, and they're, uh, they're reading, uh, they're talking about, they just go through this whole lineage of where Christ comes into it, and all the way through David, and, and how there was no kings, and then there's kings, and he goes all the way through this, and and, and he's preaching to the Jews, okay, because that's what they were called to, all right? Even when Jesus was there, if you remember the, the, the lady, she comes and begs and says, hey, can you heal my daughter and, and all this stuff? And he says, listen, he goes, am I supposed to take the bread and feed it to the dogs? And he says, but even under the master's table, the dog eats of the crumbs. And she, he says, because of your faith, go home, she's healed. And she was. 
And so we see all the way through the scripture that when Jesus came, first he came for the Jews first. They are God's chosen people. But he also came for the Gentiles as in that same thing. And we see this. And so we see a, a pushing. And so right now Paul and Barnabas, they're out and they're preaching about Jesus and talking about how, how, how the sins of, in this case, I would say the sins of all of us put Jesus on the cross. But this time they're saying that, listen, um, you, Israel, put him on the cross at this point and crucified him. But don't worry, he didn't end there, right? He said he rose again and he showed himself not only to us but many other people. And, and so they, they finished this up. And I'm going to start in 42 and you can kind of see what's happening here. So in verse 42, it says, as Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, and this is where they were speaking at, it says, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath is on a Saturday, okay? Sunday is actually the first day of the week. We, we meet on the Lord's Day, okay? This is the first, uh, this is, I guess I can't just leave it there, can I? Um, the Sabbath is on Saturday, and, and, and Jewish culture, the first day of the week is Sunday, Okay, and the reason why we meet on Sunday is because when you look in Scripture, Jesus appeared on Sunday. And, and, and when he kept on appearing, it was always on a Sunday, and that's why we meet. We call it the Lord's Day. Okay? So he says on the next Sabbath, in verse 43, it says, When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and the devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. Does that sound good? Sounds like a good meeting, doesn't it? And then in verse 44, it says, On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy, and they began to contradict, contradict uh, Paul uh, with what Paul was saying, and they heaped abuse upon him. And then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly and says, We had... We had to speak to the, the word of God to you first. Since you rejected it and, is, and, and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now will turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded it to you, or commanded us. I have made you a light unto the Gentiles, that you may, be, bring, uh, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, excuse me, And when, the, and when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and they honored the word of God, the word of the Lord. And all, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. And when the, Lord, uh, when the word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jews and the leaders incited God-fearing women and high standing and leading men of the cities and stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. So they, took to the dust, they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them. And went to Iconium. What the, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. You know, you see this great thing as everything starts out really great. You know, they have a great meeting, right? And everybody's going on to it. And even so much where they said, man, we're loving what you're saying and everything. We love this that you're talking about salvation. We want to hear more. And then can you imagine what that week looked like after that? After that week, everybody started getting together, right? And they started saying, man, you should have been at the synagogue Man, you should have been in the synagogue on the Saturday. You should have been there anyways, but you should have been there because you should have heard this guy Paul and this guy Barnabas and all the things that were talking. And then we see the wheels kind of fall back. And I want you guys to understand, before I even start talking about these different points, 
is I can see a lot of that same stuff today. This is nothing new. Solomon, as we've read through our Proverbs, right? And Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun. You know, this is the same stuff we see over and over again, same things happening. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is, as we break this apart, I want to talk about salvation sent. Okay, so the good news is that salvation was sent. And that went right with the video that we watched in the very morning, in the beginning. Let's go ahead and go a little bit earlier up in that passage, a little sooner. And we're going to go to verse 23. I'm going to read 23 through 26 in Acts chapter 13. It says, From the man's descendants, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus. And he, as he promised, before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to the people of Israel. And as John was uh, completing his work, he says, who do you suppose that I am? I am not the one you're looking for. He's talking about being the Messiah. But the one that's coming after me, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie... Fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles. I want you guys to hear that part. It is to us that this, mission, this message of salvation has been sent. So we see this. I talked about Cornelius and everything was happening. And then we see that we see this switch on this first missionary journey. Is they're just kind of right out of the gate. This is like the second town that they've hit. And all of a sudden now... We get this boldly speaking that says, listen, we've come and we've talked to you. We've done what we're supposed to say, but you guys are rejecting God's word. Just like you rejected Jesus Christ. And because of that, henceforth, now we're going to be going out to the Gentiles. And I love the fact that it, how many people are here of Jewish descent? That means you're a Gentile. This is for you. This is for you. He says that, listen, he says that, that, that Jesus was sent because of this. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus was sent. He was sent that I could have a relationship with him. You see, I, I think of my relationship with Jesus. It started when I was seven years old. I would like to say that it grew every year after that, but I have some stagnant years. I'm sad to say. When's the best time to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ? It's today. It is right now because he was sent to you. That's who he was sent to. He desires to be closer to me than anybody. He desires to be closer to me and my whole family. You, you realize I've had conversations with Jesus that I have not had the guts to have anything, a conversation with anybody else in the world. You know, he's closer than my own family. He's closer than my mom and my daddy. He's closer. And you might look at me and you say, but Jeff, I don't have the same kind of family you do. And you guys have heard through my preaching a little bit about my family and, 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 and my parents. I've had good parents. Some of you may not have. Jesus desires to be close to you. He's willing to fill that hole in your life that no one else can fill. He was sent so he can do that. He was sent for that. Here's a big thing. Do you know he desires to change what you can't change? How many of you guys have tried to have something in your life and you've tried to change it and you're like you've done everything you could and you just couldn't? Jesus is willing to come alongside you and help you with that. See, there's this misconception about salvation. So one of the things that happens to the salvation is, is everybody looks at it and says, you know, Jeff, I've done a lot of bad things in my life and, and I don't know if Jesus 
is big enough to forgive that. Let me help you out. He's big enough. And, and we say, well, you know what? I need to take some care of some things in my life first. And once I take care of those, I'll come talk to them. But when I read what, what, what I just read to you, it says that, that one, you guys are all, The apostles were sent to be in a light into the world. You didn't hear anything when Paul talked about, where, where John the Baptist they talked about here. By the way, John the Baptist, Jesus himself said he was the greatest apostle. He was the forerunner of Christ. He said, you got to be, he says, repent and be baptized. Repenting means turning away from what you are. Turning away from the sin that you have, the life that you had before, and just giving it to Jesus. You know, when I trust Christ to be my Savior, my, i got to be honest with you. Everything didn't change overnight. Now, everything with my relationship with Jesus changed that moment. But I still had problems in my life and everything. But what happens, the Savior came alongside of me and he started taking things out of my life and changing my heart on things. Listen, I had a problem with smoking. It was Christ that came alongside of me. I've had a lot of things. I, before I went in the military, I had the mouth of a sailor. That's why I went in the Navy, right? It was seemed fitting. And I was like, well, I got a mouth of a sailor. I must be a sailor. So I went in the Navy. You guys laugh. There's a lot of truth in this. And when I got out of the military, I didn't have a mouth that was really, um, let's just say it wasn't God-honoring. Now, how old was I when I trusted Christ as my Savior? Seven years old. I wasn't seven when I went in the military, by the way. I was 20. And, and, and I came back out, and, and I, I remember one day sitting with my pastor. And I said, Pastor, I got a problem. He goes, my mouth. I said, I, 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 said I, can, I can use different curse words in a sentence and put them together quite nicely. And I do it all the time. And I really, as God's really been working on my heart about it. And I, and I said, what do I do? And he says, listen, he goes, Jeff, have you given it to Jesus yet? He said, because listen, what's in your heart comes out your mouth. That's scripture, by the way. And he, and he worked on me. And, and, he, and he started changing things in my life. And I like to say that I've never dropped a curse word every now and then. But when I do, I'll tell you what, it rips my heart out. It's not the same as what it was. God's changing me. I'm still a work in progress. If you think that I'm up here and everything and I've got it made and I've got it all figured out, I'm sorry. You got the wrong guy. I was in another church and I told, I said, I'm more messed up than a soup sandwich. And my wife afterwards says, what's a soup sandwich? It's pretty messed up, isn't it? So you guys got it on it. But he really wants to, he wants to, he wants to be that family. For you, He wants to be all those things. His salvation is sent. He wants to fix the things in your life. He wants to fix the relationship with him first. That happens by saying, yes, Jesus. See, but the problem what happens here is in Sulfate, you know, the next thing that happens is the good news is interfered with. Because what happens is when, when, when seed starts getting casted out, we have the birds come down and they start eating up the seed, Right? And we have other things. I've seen the worst thing I've ever seen to a new Christian that's actually said is you see a new Christian is excited for the Lord and they say he'll get over that. You just wait till you've been there for a while. You get over that. Wow. Nothing like pouring water on a flame. Man, I'll tell you what. I always want to be on fire for God. I don't ever want to get over what Jesus did in my life. But what happens is we have people that come and 
They come in and, 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 they, and they try to tear that up. And, and, and so what we see that in verse 44 and 45, it says on the next Sabbath, those was the whole city gathered to hear the word of God. And I'm thinking right there, let's just stop. You know, could you imagine if all Crothersville came out this morning to hear the word of God? What would you guys think we'd be rejoicing? But the problem is there's some people that don't like that. We can do that here, and then there would be people going over and going, oh, you don't know that group. You don't know them. And they start stirring it up. And we're going to see that. So in the next verse, it says, and when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. And they began to contradict what Paul was saying, and they heaped abuse on them. See, when things are happening for God, people get upset. Do you know other churches get upset with other churches? And they look at it, and they say that, that they say, oh, you don't want to be part of that church. That church is big. They just, you're just a number. They just want your money. Or that you can't go to that little church. That little church, man, there's nothing going on there. You know what? God is in that little church. He's in that middle-sized church. He's in that big church. If they're preaching the word of God, Jesus himself says, if they're not against us, they're with us. And we need to remember that. If they're preaching the word of God, and I'm not talking about some of these groups out there that aren't preaching the word of God, and they're preaching another gospel. I'm not talking about that. If they're preaching... Listen, if they're preaching Jesus gets you to heaven, then they're preaching right. We might have some different things on a surety of salvation and stuff like that, but you guys, I got I gotta let you guys in on a secret. It only it, it's not only gonna be Baptists up in heaven. Sorry if you, I'm sorry to break your bubble. But it's gonna be a lot of us up there. But we're all gonna have that big red line that runs through everything. John 14, 6, my favorite verse in the Bible. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. If you come through Jesus Christ, if you trust in me as your Savior, then he, you are my brother and my sister. But when things are happening, people have a problem with that. People don't, people don't like change. We went through this in this church. People don't like change. Change is hard. What do you think was happening right now with, the, with, with the, the Jewish leaders in here? And they seen and they were jealous of all the things that were happening for God. And all of a sudden what happens is it's like, listen, if this doesn't feel right to me. It's got to be wrong. And then they start tearing it up. Listen, Satan, I, I said this at the very beginning when I first got here. I said, I have no doubt that God's going to do big things here in Crothersville. And I still have not changed that. I believe that with all my heart. I believe with all my beat. But I guarantee Satan's going to be in this. He's going to be coming around. He's going to be stirring it up. And he's going to try to break up strife between you and in the community. But you know what? If we keep on marching on for Jesus Christ, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. You know what? Families are a problem sometimes too. Depending on what your family is, we'll give you two sides of it. I come from a Christian family. When I trusted Jesus as my Savior, my family was like, praise the Lord, my son has come along. I've been with other families. When someone's trusted it, the family's looked at it and go, what do you think? Do you think you're better than us? Completely opposite. What's the difference? The other family needs a relationship with Jesus Christ as well. You know what? When we live our life in a way such as we're supposed to and everything, it is a testimony not only to the people around you, but to your family as well. You know, well, I've had friends. I've got friends that aren't really friends anymore. Because my wife and I and my family, we've taken a different path. We've said, listen, it's more important to follow Jesus than party. 
it's more important to follow Jesus than to do this. I got, when I, I love motorcycles. I grew up with motorcycles. I was taking a training course, and in the training course, they said, hey, Jeff, would you like to be an instructor? I got my first motorcycle when I was three and a half, four, right in there. So I've been on one for a couple of years. And, and, and I said, well, you guys always do training on Sundays. And they said, yeah. And I said, well, I can't do it. I would have loved to have done that. It would have been a blast. But church is more important. Church is more important. My friends play a factor into that. You know, but God is, anybody that's ever left my life, God's replaced them with someone else. And you know what's happened to a lot of those friends? They've come in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And now they're walking the same ground I am. I think that's incredible when I look at it. I think it's incredible. See, in Mark 10, 29 through 31, it says, Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one has left their home, their brothers or their sisters or their mothers or their father or their children or their fields for me and the gospel. will fail to receive a hundred times much more in the present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with the persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. See, when I give up something, and sometimes things leave my life, and it hurts when they leave, and sometimes there's damage and there's scars when they leave, but Jesus is always faithful to repair it with something better. Listen, I might not have had a family and, that loved me and everything, but I have a church family that cares for me. I might not have someone willing to come see me, but I got people willing to come see me. See, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It doesn't matter. I expect, I expect the naysayers. I expect all that. Paul himself said, listen, I've only been hurt. The worst I've ever been hurt is by my own. I expect it from the world. There's this misconception. Once you become a Christian, life becomes easy. You're on easy street. But Jesus just said that, listen, and persecution. Listen, it's going to happen. They persecuted Jesus. You think you're better? But we still have to keep on marching on. Sure. Paul talks about all the shipwrecks, the stonings, all these different things that he's gone through. He says, nevertheless, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Because with Jesus, that's what it's about. It's what it's about. And if we were to end right there and just call that good... It would be enough. But it doesn't end there. See, the good news is, was, was received. 46 through 48 in Acts chapter 13, it says, And Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. It says, We had to speak to the word of God to you first, talking to Israel. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we'll now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded me, commanded us. I have made you a light unto the Gentiles. That you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That's everybody, by the way. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and they were honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. See, you know, God has a plan. You know, when one door shuts, he opens another door. Onto it. So Israel here, they're, they're, they're stirring up strife and they're saying, listen, even though everything started out, it was a perfect church meeting on the start, right? 
and then it kind of fell, the wheels fell off the bus later. And listen, because of that, you guys have salvation. You have salvation. If you're in Christ here this morning, I want to let you know you guys are a light unto the world. It's not our job to hide that light. It's our job to, to listen, stoke the fire. Stoke it. You know, I, I think of, a, I think of a, a, an oil lantern. And when you put the globe on the lantern and you light it, man, isn't it bright? Turn that flame up and it gets bright. But what happens in that? It starts getting soot up in there, right? That, that the globe starts getting a little dark inside, starts blackening up. And what happens is, is we just throw the globe away, right? Or do we just reach up in there with the cloth and clean that back out? Get the soot back out of there. And when we put it on, what happens to that light? It gets bright again. Do you know that flame never changed? That flame was always bright. What happened is we allowed the things in the world to get a, darken our globe up just a little bit. Okay? It's time to clean that back off. Let's not worry about what happened in the past. Let's march on with Jesus today because you guys are a light into the world. That's what we are. Some of you are here this day and you're not in Jesus Christ. And you guys see the lights burning all around you and you're looking at going, man, I don't know when the time is. The time's today. The time's today. But what will people think? They'll think you're strong. They'll think you care. They'll think that you're attorney-minded. Don't reject it. This Tuesday is going to be a funeral of a young boy. And that's a lot of life not there. I'm thankful that I had the years that I've had so far, but I might not have tomorrow. I'm thankful for every day that God gives me, and you should be too, but we've got to march on for Jesus. We've got to quit doing this politically correct thing where everybody says that, listen, I'm not going to tell people about Jesus because I might offend someone. But the gospel is offensive to people. It says that, listen, you're a sinner, and because that sinner, you're going to die. And without Christ, there's going to be hell. Hell's real. But it also says that if you repent from your sins and you turn to Jesus Christ and trust Him as your salvation, then you have eternal life. Listen, we're built for eternity, whether it's in heaven or it's in hell. Thank God for Paul and Barnabas that were willing to go on Paul's road to Damascus as Jesus met him on the way, changed him. He wasn't the same guy again. He was still zealous, but he was zealous for Jesus. I remember Ananias talking to God, going, God, you know who this guy is? He says, listen, he's going to have to suffer many things from me. And Paul went. And when someone beat him down, he went. And listen, he's just like us. He was going into one city. I wish on the top of my head I can't think of it. He's like, God. And God just says, Paul, listen, I have many people in this city. Go ahead. Listen, Paul got beat down too. Just like we do. But every now and then we need to just recharge, clean that globe back off is what we need to do. We're free to share the gospel. Do you guys understand that 
that right now North Korea and China and a lot of these other places are up in the news. And do you realize that you can get killed for sharing the gospel in a lot of countries around the world? We can talk about Saudi Arabia and Jordan and all these different places out in the Middle East. We're free to share the gospel. Our greatest responsibility is to share the gospel. Could you imagine get, getting the most precious thing in the world and taking it and putting it in a safe and not ever letting anybody in the world ever know you had it or ever see it? That's what Jesus Christ is in your life. We need to take that and put it up high and say, listen, guys, listen, look at this. Hey, here's the biggest thing. I'm going to share it with you. Not only is this the most precious thing in my life and everything, I want you to have some too. Here, take a piece. There's plenty. That's how we need to be. We have a responsibility to respond to the call of Jesus. Folks, we have a responsibility to love everybody. Two guys were working. And they were side by side and they've worked for years and they were in a shop and they have their toolboxes next to each other. And, and one day one guy comes in to, to it and he's all on fire and he's excited and his friend seen him. He's working with him for years and he looks at him and he says, John, what's going on? What's, dude, you are, you're lit up like a firecracker. What's going on here? He goes, let me tell you what happened to me this weekend. He says, listen, he goes, he goes I trusted Jesus as my savior. I've got eternal life. There's a hope for me. There's heaven. And his friend goes, praise the Lord, you're my brother now. He goes, what? He goes, yeah, you're my brother now. He goes, you're saying that you're, you've trusted Jesus as your Savior? He says, yeah. He says, dude, do you hate me? He goes, what do you mean? I've worked with you all these years. You're my friend. He goes, well, if you're my friend, why didn't you tell me about Jesus? Why didn't you tell me about him? Listen, you're going to let me work next to you all these years and maybe I die and I go to hell because you didn't love me enough? That's how we are, guys. I'm hoping to, I'm convicting the tar out of two groups here. The ones that are saved that are holding the word and not sharing. And two, the ones that haven't received the word. Listen, there's healing at the cross for whatever ails you. It all starts with one simple thing. Yes, Jesus. Listen, how do you clean that globe? Jeff, how do you clean the globe? How do you get that light where we can all see it again? He says, you know what? You say, yes, Jesus. And we just go. And we wipe that out. We don't worry about what happened in the past. And we start working on. Listen, brothers, sisters, moms, dads, grandpas, grandpas. Grandmas. I guess grand I like grandpas. I said it twice. Let's mark a let's mark a line in the sand today. And let's just go and step over that line and say, you know what, the things are in the past, let's leave them in the past. The things that are in front of us, let's go for it for Jesus Christ. And let's quit. Let's quit. Well, Jeff, what do you want us to quit? You know what it is, not me. You know the definition of a fool? As a person keeps on doing the same thing and expects a different outcome. Man, I've been a fool on a lot of things for a long time. But you guys thought I was going to point at you, huh? Hey, I don't know your position, but I know mine.
Guys, why don't you go ahead and come up for the band? And I'm going to give you guys a chance. Listen, if you have not trusted Jesus as your Savior, I'm begging you. Listen, I'm getting down on my knees and I'm begging you. Come forward for Jesus Christ. Let us rejoice with you. Let me show you from the Word of God where you can have everlasting life with Him. How He can change your life. Listen, I'm down on my knees. And if you're here and you're a Christian in Christ, I don't care if you kneel down where you're at or you sit down in the chair you are. Cry out to Jesus and ask Him to start cleaning that globe of your life. That your light can start shining again. We've got to quit playing. It's time to get serious about Jesus. Come on, everybody stand.